This episode is brought to you by AdCentricity, leaders in location-based digital media management. Visit them at www.adcentricity.com. Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing. On today's show, will you buy toothpaste from a mobile ad? JCPenney's bold cash register bet. Forget gumballs, man. Give me apps with Razorfish. Plus, is Square really worth $3.5 billion? All this, our usual funding and M&A activity, our resource of the week, and our special guest, Rob and Asif. Wait, what? Welcome, everybody. This is episode number 88 of This Week in Location-Based Marketing. We're recording this live between Asif and I on July 29th, 2012, day two of the Summer Olympic Games in London. Canada won their first medal today. Asif, welcome, buddy. Back from your vacation. Hey, Good to be back from holiday. Yeah. Asif Khan, Location-Based Marketing Association, uh, as usual. Find us at the LBMA on the Twitter and the dot com. Nice. Um, yeah, good to be back. Well, you know, we would uh, we didn't even talk about this in our pre in our pre show, but you know, we were so consumed by the stories that we've got here. The stories we've got uh, the special guest is us, which is weird, uh, and we got some funding and M and A activity and a resource of the week. But I'd be remiss if we didn't talk for a second about uh, the Olympics. And man, it's yep. the Olympics. We are, and it's, and this is not the Olympics about anything other than the social game, is it, right now? Social and location is dominating the Olympics. They got like Ryan Seacrest out there talking about, hey, on Twitter they said this, and on Facebook they said this, and what is going on? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's you know, this is a, um, you know, probably the first games um, that is the, Everything is social. Everything is being tracked. We talked a while ago on a couple of episodes, several episodes. We talked about, you know, what Visa was doing around location-based marketing uh, in the games. We talked about what Coke's doing, McDonald's, all these, you know, sort of Olympic sponsors are all over mobile and location-based technology during the game to engage fans, to engage, you know, the athletes, to engage everybody. So it's uh, it's definitely a big part of the games this year. You know, I'm just looking it up because I got this great email from Banjo. Um... And, and what, what they've done is they've done a, an Olympic swap, which basically allows you to um, pretend or swap places and be in London to kind of uh, understand if you use Banjo, it's about uh, social, uh, you know, social awareness about what's going on around you and, and understanding, uh, yeah. you know, the activity around you as well as who's around you. So they've got this really neat feature, which allows you to push a basically uh, hit a button and, and uh, transport you to London and uh, and see what's going on around London at the same time. It's pretty cool. Right. I think a lot of yeah, uh, cool. a lot of companies are doing this right now, which is to, to jump on the um, to jump on the Olympic bandwagon. But I, I love it. And every single station has their own social media or mobile correspondent. It's pretty funny to watch because uh, it's like uh, and uh, you know uh, Phelps said congratulations to the guy who won. Like way to go. Such a good guy. Anyway, we'll have, I think we'll have more as we as, as we go along. Yeah, yeah, it's terrible. Well, at least at least Phelps got a silver medal today. Oh, he did, he did. Yeah. So he didn't go home sucky face, and that's yeah. a pretty remarkable story. But so when you, um, I think we, we got to keep our, an eye out on on this thing for the stories. Obviously, as they come up this week around yeah, what's going on sure. in, the, in the Olympics around uh, location and and mobile. Um, but pretty cool. 
this is a different kind of Olympics. Last Olympics, and in, in, uh, even in, in Vancouver, I don't think it had this kind of social and mobile and location flair to it. So this is really the very first wide open. And um, so let's let's jump into this. Before, before we get into our stories, uh, what is going on with the uh, Location-Based Marketing Association? I know that it's in the uh, dog days of summer, but there must be something happening. There must be something that we can promote. Yeah, uh, you know, we're, we don't have any, uh, you know, pure LBMA events going on uh, during the summer months, uh, but uh, there's certainly lots of other conferences and things happening that we're partnered on and we're involved in from whether it's speaking or promoting or getting our, uh, our members uh, involved in. So um, I guess the one that comes to mind is, uh, is just, uh, just about a week away now, um, and that is the Retail Customer Experience uh, Summit. Uh, that's in Chicago. Uh, and it's coming up uh, really quickly. Um, so the uh, the dates for that are the uh, 6th uh, to the 8th of August, so August 6th to 8th, Hotel Sachs in Chicago. Um, you know, if you're in the retail world, you, you should be at this conference. So this, you know, is, is a uh, exploration of all things retail, how mobile technology is intersecting with it, social media, uh, you know, and, and there's sort of pure retail things that, you know, aren't technology-oriented, you know, around like workforce management and, um, you know, uh, food, uh, nutrition issues, and other things too. But you know, the retail community will be gathering. So there you go. Is uh, when did you say that? August sixth to eighth, twenty twelve, in Chicago. Hotel. Uh, yes, August sixth to eighth. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I, I have nothing. To, I have nothing to push except for some massive changes coming to Untethered.tv in the next uh, four weeks. Massive changes, colossal changes, which usually means not much. Can't wait. Yeah. All right. What do you say we jump into these stories, these top five stories? Then we'll jump into uh, our uh, guest of the week, which happened to be you and I, which a little bit of explanation for that maybe for, for you guys is that Asif uh, was a guest speaker at Untethered Talks about a month ago. This is a clip from a, the, a panel that we did that I moderated with Asif, Dave Fleet from Edelman and uh, John McCulley from uh, Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment. It's a great clip. It's about four minutes long. So that that's our guest. We've got our funding and our M&A news. And, of course, we've got a resource of the week in which everybody wants to track their spouse. So let's jump into the top five stories of the week. So first off, Asif, you know, I asked you this before. Would you ever buy toothpaste from a mobile ad in TV Guide? Because that's what P&G is doing with Crest pushing people to Walmart, right? <laughs> Yeah, uh, I think the short answer is no, probably not. Um, but you know, I, I think it's interesting. I think I think you know, if you sell products like toothpaste, uh, if you're PNG and you're selling Crest or you're pushing Colgate or you're selling you know anything like this, um, you know, you you need you need to try ways to you know to engage with mobile. You know, mobile is here. Uh, Location-based marketing is here. It's all happening around you. And, you know, whether or not this is going to be the thing that's going to make it all happen, at least they're they're out there, at least they're trying uh, to use the technology and, and you know, put the brand, uh, you know, in front of the consumer on a, you know, on a mobile platform. So, you know, as you alluded to, this is, they're using the TV Guide iPhone application. Uh, a mobile ad uh, pops up on the phone with the Crest logo. Uh, you tap on it, um, and then basically expands into a landing page, and then you can, uh, click on a button that you know uses location to find the closest store that carries that product, uh, or you, you can buy it online uh, directly uh, from from the app. 
So, all right. Well, you know, I'm with you on this. That that companies should be exploring, but but this is a big stretch. This is a massive stretch for anybody, and and I can't imagine that this will succeed exceptionally well. This is not one of those products that you think, hey, I'm, I'm reading the TV guide. You know what? I I really need to get me some Crest Crest toothpaste. I got I, I got to get into Walmart right now. Yeah, no, I, uh, <sighs> it's it's a leap. It's a leap for sure. I think what's interesting for me in this is that uh, obviously Crest toothpaste is sold in a lot of different retail stores, um, but this particular campaign is is connected only to Walmart. Yeah. So I, I wonder whether you know who's funding this thing or you know what the what the deal is between Walmart and and, uh, and P and G on this. There's got to be something, uh, you know, that that Walmart's paying uh, or or doing, in order to get uh, you know all the traffic directed to them. You gotta you gotta believe it. I mean, because there's obviously you know every, every pharmacy chain, you know all these you know all the other big box retailers, everybody else also carries Crest. And, you know, they're not the only one. So it's true. So I wonder who paid whom. But this was one of those things that uh, you know it doesn't fit with the TV guide. You know what does fit with the TV guide? DVDs. Netflix, you know, streaming versions of the television shows that are actually being listed in the TV Times, top yeah. five video rentals, not toothpaste, but good try, PNG. Popcorn. Popcorn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. If you could, if Amazon can <laughs> deliver that overnight or same day delivery for popcorn, I'm in it. I, I don't yeah. know what you think. You know, if, if you're out there and, and you're thinking about this, uh, would you buy toothpaste? All you need to do is send us an email, a tweet, or leave a leave, leave a comment below wherever you found this. Is yes or no? Would you buy toothpaste from the TV guide by happenstance that you just happen to be seeing an ad? It just doesn't suit it, I don't yeah. think. So, but good. I like PNG. I think they're pretty aggressive. So I, I, I think it's good that they're trying though. Yeah, they they got to find ways to get their brands. I mean, these are products that they're not big ticket items. Obviously, you can buy a tube of toothpaste for you know under a yeah. dollar. Yeah, from uh, the gas um, station that yeah, you're probably sitting at right now. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, but so how do you take a product like that and and push it on the mobile platform? Well, you don't. I guess this is how you do it. Yeah, you don't. Yeah. Whether or not it drives actual sales, I don't know. Brand impressions, sure. Brand, yeah, exactly. I guess it's awareness, and that's what they're doing. Awareness making for Crest toothpaste. All right. So I, I give it like a good effort, but meh, meh, you know. All right, second story, maybe a little bit more around coupons.com launching this thing called uh, Brandcaster Retail. What the what? Yeah, so so basically, um, you know, what, what they're saying is couponing is hot. Uh, we know that. We've seen all sorts of coupon platforms out there. Uh, we've talked about several of them on the show. Um, apparently, uh, in, the, in their press release around this, they're quoting a number that says 55.7 million American consumers use online coupons each year. That's a big number. Um, and, and so what they're saying is, is if you're a retailer, you know, the creation of those coupons is a challenge. And especially, you know, how do you go about uh, creating coupons that, that apply only to products that you actually sell? So if you don't carry Crest and there's a Crest coupon, well, what good is that to you? Um, you know, in, in ter as a retailer to kind of, you know, make, you know, decide what you're going to make available or not available. And so they created this platform that uh, it's free, so there's no revenue model, don't like that, um, self-service platform. Um, and basically you can go in uh, through a digital coupon gallery that they have, you know, basically pick all the coupons you want and then publish that to your website. This sounds a lot like 
flyers, doesn't it? Yeah, like just little... digital flyers. Yeah. Yeah. Except it's just taking coupons.com's business you know, model catalog of yeah. stuff, so to speak, and allowing or enabling a retailer to, you know, basically uh, pick what they want from it and then pub uh, and then republish it. Yeah. Brand caster. You know, the interesting so, statistic that I said. Call it a digital asset management platform. Digital asset management platform? DAMP. Yes. DAMP. That's a good acronym. DAMP. DAMP. Oh, man. Yeah. Who thought of that? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, you know what was interesting about this was the number that they came out here, which was 89% of all coupons were distributed in freestanding insert coupon booklet. So print. Um, there is a serious, like, they say the digital coupons were what, 1%? Or something to that extent, one percent right. of the one percent of all coupons distributed were digital. One percent in two thousand eleven, like that's so small. the the digital right. The digital there. world is still small. It's pretty staggering. Coupons. Yeah, coupons. We've already spent too much time. We've already discounted our show by thirty percent just speaking about coupons. Come on, that was funny. Give me a laugh. Yeah, Give me a little, little bit, bit of a laugh. Come on. Come on. You're not that tired. <laughs> Holy cow. All right, we're going to jump into our third our third, uh, our third, story here. This is a company called Moasis. Um, and I, I got a video here. We're just going to roll. We're going to roll right into here. We're going to roll the video. And, uh, and we're going to see this because it is, um, I, 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 well, let's just play the video. You will see for yourself um, what this is. Here it is, the video from Moasis, a little bit of an introduction from Moasis. Here we are. Reaching local customers should be simple. Just go online, find your exact audience, and target them with relevant videos, banners, and other content. It should be that simple. Just be there. But right now, reaching people on the go depends too much on other things. Most companies do only part of the job, and you're forced to work with reps, paying a premium to get your message into channels that aren't as local as you'd like. It's stressful. What you really need is an affordable, real-time, self-service solution that gives you the flexibility to reach out and be with your audience right here, right now. Moasis is that solution. We make it simple to be there. You just upload your content to a world-spanning, geocentric grid and powerful, easy-to-implement tools help you find your ideal audience, wherever they are. Then, simply bid for real-time message placement on all sorts of devices beyond just smartphones and tablets. Moasis gives you flexible and cost-effective message placement in three simple do-it-yourself steps. With our geocentric approach, we take the hype out of hyperlocal. So relax. The world is truly yours for your business to reach. Moasis is your mobile oasis, a refuge from what's not working in mobile marketing. Your business can now be wherever you want it to be, from a park bench to a bus route to this week's football game. Now you can simply be there. Sign up now and be free to place your message anywhere at a price you name, risk-free. Moasis, simply be there. Steve, <laughs> tell, me, tell me what this company does. Please, man, what is a world-spanning geocentral grid? It's a lot of big words. Oh, um, my God. But, but basically, uh, what they're saying is, is that Please tell um, me. You, you know, there's a lot of great geotargeting platforms out there, uh, but most of them don't approach geotargeting from the perspective of an advertiser. And advertisers, when you talk to an advertiser or a brand uh, that does advertising, you know, basically 
they have a method that they go about doing these things. You know, they're going after a certain demographic, they're going after a certain geographic region, they're going after a certain time of day, they're going after you know, all these different variables. And a lot of the targeting platforms that we have today don't necessarily break it down into, into those boxes as clearly and easily as an advertiser wants. And, and, and I think that's what they're trying to, to do here is they've set up this thing called a geogrid. They've basically allowed you know you to kind of look at a you know at a segmentation exercise as a grid exercise, and then you know build a campaign in a few minutes, um, you know from that perspective. And so, uh, you know whether or not this is this becomes you know the way that you know all all geo targeting you know tools uh, you know sort of adapt to I'm probably not, but. You know, I, I think it's a valid attempt to kind of fit with the, the way that advertisers think. No arguments. No arguments, man. But when I look at this, it's like, just use some language. My business is not going to be uh, sitting on a park bench, right? Uh, you know, mm -hmm. don't make it so dumb that, that people walk away from something like this because you try to oversimplify something like this. Just tell me what you do. Just please tell me what you do. And I think that, that maybe they should hire you as the spokesperson for this because... Uh, I, I didn't get it, but bringing location to life doesn't mean anything to me. Little trademark. Yeah, no, it, 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 it could be a lot clearer in wow. saying what it actually does and, and um, you you think? Know, try to explain to people the, the value of this. And I think if you're building apps out there that do geotargeting, you know, spending some time to understand the methodology behind this, because at the end of the day, what I see here is not so much a, a great product offering. What I see here is great thinking around how to actually, you know, uh, you know, enable geo-targeted advertising. Um, and, and by the way, you know, their vision around this, as I, as I started read through this, is not just mobile advertising. It's, it's all location-based. So, you know, right in line with the LGMA's view uh, of the world. So, you know, digital signage, transit ads, billboards, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, you, know, all the, you know, the way you target advertising in each of those different media um, you know, the same kind of thinking can, can be applied. So, well, go. Moasis, Moasis Global, that's M O A S I S global.com. Take a look at them and uh, love, love your feedback on this. Is this a service that you guys can use? Um, you, you know, I kind of like it. It reminds me of Google AdWords or AdSense, you know, where you can mm -hmm. bid on where, where you know. Uh, you're bidding on on uh, on locations, and you pay what you want to pay, where you want to pay, when you want to pay. And uh, what I love about this whole piece of technology is the fact that if you were going to run a lunch special on the street corner somewhere over here, you know, in, in your city, at your restaurant, you can you can drive local traffic to that. Just pick your perimeter, pick your price, pick your time of day, and and bid on that. And it's um, but it's still you know just show me an example. Don't 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 try to overwhelm me with um, uh, you know, world-spanning geocentral grid. I don't know what the heck that means. <laughs> All right. yeah. Moasis Global. That's a lot of big words. Yeah, it is. Moasisglobal.com, everybody. Moasis Global. Moasis Global. From the obscure to the huge. This is a big statement. This is a big statement from J.C. Penney. You know J.C. Penney. I don't know if the CEO is just talking off the cuff, but he mentioned RFID 3,700 times in this press release that I read, but he says that 100% of cash registers will be gone pretty much by 2013. Mobile checkout will be there for JCPenney stores. Cash registers gone the way of the dodo, which I believe to happen will be happening very, very quickly. I think the cash registers are will be extinct. 
But uh, what's the gist of this story? Was he uh, a little into the sauce there? No, I don't think so at all. I think this is a, a real initiative uh, by you know um, you know by uh, by JC Penney to move forward and embrace mobile mobile checkout technology and mobile in general. I think JC Penney's all over this. Um, I like this a lot. I think this is you know it's only by big retailers making moves like this are we going to see faster adoption of mobile by the consumer, uh, you know, better recognition of it by the consumer and acceptance. Uh, of this and ultimately driving mobile payments, uh, you know, on the other side. So um, I, I like this. This is strictly checkout, um, you know, not necessarily payment. Uh, so this is the replacement of the of the of the cash register, as you said, um, which is cool because if you think about it as a shopper in, at a J.C. Penney store, what we're talking about here is, you know, you no longer have to go searching around in the department store, you know, to find out where the customer service desk is that you can, you can go up and pay. Basically, you can go up and you know just you know pay anywhere that you can find one of these uh, these mobile devices or an individual walking around with them, um, you know. So it it can be anywhere, um, which is kind of cool. Uh, I really like that. I think it's a great move. Um, whether they they're 100% uh, compliant by next year, you know, big big target. Um, but you know, he sounds like he's committed to doing it. Um, yeah, and and I hope they do. Ron Johnson, CEO of JCPenney, says, and I quote, we'll have mobile checkout, you know, rolling out now and, and in the fall. A lo very casual guy, but he talked yeah. about RFID as the as the way that they're going to do it. So everybody's talking about NFC and everybody's talking about other kind of uh, checkout technologies yeah. and payment technologies. He's talking about RFID, which is, you know, makes sense. Big, 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 big retailers have had adopted RFID as an inventory management tool. And so why wouldn't they use RFID to be able to just basically drop down the clothes or whatever you're buying from JCPenney on a scanner and, and by proximity know what you bought and worry about the prices and then, uh, and then discounts that way? Yeah. Good old no, RFID. I think it makes a lot of sense. I mean, I think RFID is, is far from dead. I think this is a uh, you know, great validation of that. And uh, NFC, you know, NFC is going to take a while. Well, NFC the aren't there yet. Absolutely, and NFC from a payment standpoint, I don't think that it would take um, JCPenney that far or that long to migrate from this cash registerless store into into a payment solution as well, right? So, no. but they've also got these in-store kiosks. So if you if I mean if you uh, I mean I'm going to assume that they're like the grocery stores we're seeing right now, the self-checkout grocery stores, and um, it would be interesting to see how this rolls out. I believe firmly. Did an interview uh, maybe over a year ago on Tether where we talked about the death of the uh, cash register, and I firmly believe that that's what we're about to happen. It's about to disappear, and I thankfully. And then what happens with that when retail, when the cash register, you know, the psychology of shopping, you know, we we are led down a path to the cash register where we've got impulse buys on the left and the right in front of us, behind us, all around us, impulse buys. And retail is built on the cash register as the focal point for those uh, for those buys. What happens when you take that out? It changes retail forever. I, and I, I can't see, I can't wait to see the uh, repercussions from that. Uh, this is a uh, an industry in turmoil. So way to go, J.C. Penny, Ron Johnson, Ron Johnson, R.J. There you go. Good buddy. Go J.C. Penny. Go J.C. Penny. And you know I love what he did. He called it the penny. You know, it's not like J.C. Penny anymore. It's like Penny. Hey, you know what? At Penny, I like it. We dropped the J.C. We're casual here. Ron Johnson. We're just Penny. 
Ron Johnson, tough name if you were growing up in the 80s, right? Don Johnson, Ron Johnson, tough name. <laughs> tough name. He probably right. rolled up his sleeves, you know. Yes. We'll have a little bit of Phil Collins singing in the background. Last story, if you believe it. I see Asif is squirming to get out of here. I love it. <laughs> All right. So this this is not a company. Uh, th this is not available right now, but it just shows you the power. Uh, you know, as we flip over from RFID into NFC and this company, Razorfish. Is this Razorfish, Razorfish? This is Razorfish, the agent. Yeah, this, this is the agency. agency. Okay, so Razorfish, but, you know, development shop. I, I like that. I mean, I, I like that they're thinking about this, turning vending machines into NFC enabled app distribution centers. Cool. I think it's very cool. Um, do you have the video for this one, Rob, or not? I do. Oh yeah, yeah. Good call. Good call. I do have yeah. a video for this one. I think somebody's paying attention uh, today, as I struggle to make sure that I've got it here. Sing us a song, Asif. Like something like the piano. Oh, you don't want me doing that. Here it is. We stalled just long enough. Here it is. I'm no Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> maybe, maybe Neil Diamond. <laughs> <laughs> well, sweet but there is no video. There's no audio for this. So if you, if you are watching this, if you're listening, you don't make any sense. Razorfish doing something pretty cool, if you ask me. So they've turned this um, vending machine, this gumball machine, into an NFC-enabled uh, app vending machine. How cool is that? I think it's awesome. I, I think this is, uh, you know, as they describe it, this is all about, you know, if you're growing up when uh, when Rob and I did, uh, you know, as kids, you know, you'd see these, these gumball machines and you'd be begging your parents as you go through the grocery store or wherever you saw it, you know, for the, uh, for the dime or the quarter, um, you know, to, uh, you know, stick in there so you can get a gumball or a, uh, a bouncy ball or a, you know, army man or, you know, whatever it was. Um, but, you know, I, I think, uh, as they rightly say, you know, that, that's not very interesting to a kid today in, in today's world with all the technology that we have. And so, you know, how, how can we reinvent the gumball machine? Well, this is what, what it is. They're basically saying, you know, this sort of serendipitous uh, discovery of, you know, just getting a piece of content or getting an app or getting something digital delivered to your device and you don't know what, what's coming. It's, it's, it's unexpected. Um, you know, it's like the secret uh, thing in the package in the gumball machine, and you don't know what color you're going to get, or you don't know what what's going to be in the little plastic egg that drops out, or whatever. It, it could be anything. Um, it could be an app. It could be an ebook. It could be a discount yeah. or a coupon or something like that. It could be a piece of music. Yeah, um, yeah, it could be anything. So I like it. It's really cool. Well, you know, this is uh, this is along the line of what Coca-Cola is doing. This is why I love Coca-Cola uh, as a uh, as a forward-thinking technology company, because they have millions of these vending machines across the globe they're globe spanning right you see them everywhere yeah. coke machines and and pepsi has them as well but pepsi's not i don't think it's a forward thinking as coke but now they've they've been looking at ways that they can enable those vending machines 
to actually sell apps or sell other goods because they've got the infrastructure just all through NFC or through RFID or through mm -hmm. PayPal or whatever it is. But but uh, that's why I love I love I love what these guys are doing. Razorfish is pushing it a little bit, um, but the, there's no reason to think that that digital distribution of goods like this isn't going to happen at these vending machines. No, I love it. Yeah. All right. Those are the five stories. Would you buy toothpaste at the end of all this? Would you buy toothpaste from an ad on TV Guide's iPhone app? Uh, I don't know. But we had that. We had coupons.com launching the uh, broadcaster, uh, brandcaster retail. We had uh, the Moasis with their GeoGrid. We had JCPenney telling, saying that Ron Johnson saying that we are going to be mobile checkout by 2013. No more cash registers. And of course, Razorfish doing something with the vending machines, uh, app distribution, and NFC. Those are the top five stories. What do you think? Let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Untetheredgmail.com or Asif at the LBMA. If you have a story for us, please submit it to us via email, Twitter, or any other means you can. Mail. I accept mail. Snail mail. But uh, reach out. We'd love to hear from you. True? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, we, and we do appreciate all the comments that we have been getting uh, from everybody. There's been a lot of great comments lately. Uh, and suggestions of uh, of stories and content uh, to cover. So thank you for all of that. Um, yeah, and also thanks to our sponsor, Adcentricity. We haven't even said that yet today. So yes, we have not. Adcentricity, please, please, please. At the beginning, at the end of the show, what you should be doing is heading to Adcentricity in order to be able to support them. Listen, they came on. They took a leap of faith to uh, to come on and sponsor this show. And uh, sometimes it's a greater leap of faith than normal, especially when uh, when we're both a little bit tired, right? Mm -hmm. But they came on fearless as they may be. So go and support them. Go to adcentricity.com. Please support them. And in so doing, you support us. So that means that the show can continue. 88 episodes, man. I know. All right, why don't, we're going to jump right into the special guest. It's a little awkward because we're going to be talking about ourselves and how great we were in this in this panel. Uh, the <laughs> questions were so, so, so deep, and the answers were so righteous. And um, however, this 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 particular clip is about four minutes. It is uh, Asif Khan of the LBMA, Dave Fleet of uh, Edelman, which is a um, a big agency in Toronto, John McCulley, who is uh, who runs the uh, the mobile and digital side of Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment. They are the owners of pretty much every sports franchise in Toronto, right? The Maple Leafs. They don't own the Blue Jays, do they? No. But that, they, that would be Rogers. Yeah, they own oh, the other guys. Yeah, but they own Toronto FC, the uh, soccer club. And uh, this is a really interesting piece because this is uh, from Untether Talks. It is, you know, I asked the question around uh, location-based marketing for new customer development or maintaining existing customers and deepening that relationship and this is what everybody had to say and it's amazing especially what john talks about uh customer service and uh, augmenting customer service through location-based marketing inside of the arena so here is asif dave john moderated by yours tr truly me over here very little of me a lot of those guys here it is you know, there's a, I think there's probably two camps in this. One is about uh, um, traditional marketing, which is growing your audience. And then there's a second side to that, which is um, maintaining your audience, right? So people market to grow, and then they market also to maintain, to be visible to the existing audience. Um, does, where, does, where does this fit? It, it, can you grow your audience? Or are there strategies there? Or, or are you really, like, it, for Maple Leaf Sports, 
you're, you're trying to <laughs> contain, keep your audience, right? Uh, yeah. 11 yeah. years without the play playoffs, Ron, you know. Oh. Go Sens! Uh, <laughs> grow's a better word, grow's a better word, yes. but, uh, yeah. um, you, know, uh, you know, even just little things like, uh, you know, for our, our Toronto FC soccer club, we did a, a, a four, we've been working with Foursquare. Foursquare is a deal with the MLS. We've been working with them. And we've been testing out a few things based on check-ins down at, down at BMO Field. And very rudimentary things. First 20 people this, dis, yeah. you know, discount that. But one of the ones that actually really hit for us was when those first 20 people were able to come in and be part of the opening uh, ceremonies of, of the game. And, that's what triggered with us, it should have triggered with us sooner, but experiential stuff that you can provide to those yeah. valuable people that are doing that thing, that's, that's the thing that's gonna do it. And then to build on what Asif was saying, you know, beyond that, what folks like me have to do a much better job of is telling the story of how we're telling the story. I know we did a little video after the fact, but we need to get do little videos after all of our experiments so that we can uh, uh, start to become, show people that we are in these places, you know, Foursquare or any, whichever one other one we're using isn't going to get any bigger if nobody's telling, mm -hmm. that, telling people that the brands are actually there and the value proposition is high if you come in and engage with us. Yeah, and maybe just to pick up on what John's saying too, I think one of the really interesting things about location data is this ability in, in a live event scenario like a, like a game, whether it's soccer or, or hockey or basketball, is, is this ability to actually know who is there. Right, you know, when you think about the Maple Leafs, for example, you've got you know all these seasons ticket holders. Those tickets are bought and sold and passed around five times before somebody actually shows up in the in the arena, and you don't actually know who's sitting there. But if people are checking in, if they're sharing location data, now you have this ability, this visibility into who's actually at the game right now. Who, you know, I, I can identify these people. I can have a conversation with them. I can engage with them. And whether they're actually at the game or they're in a bar in, you know, in Toronto watching the game, but they've identified themselves as a Leafs fan, or they're in, you know, in, in the middle of you know, the Yukon watching it on a television in a sports bar there and also saying, I'm watching the Leaf game. You know, it gives you this ability to, to, to kind of look at your fan base across a nation um, you know, purely by people self-identifying in that context. And, so. and, and something we've talked about a yeah. lot is location-based customer service. Yeah. If we're not in those spaces, if we're not actively monitoring Twitter, how can we help that guy out that, you know, yeah. uh, beer spill in aisle five tile style <laughs> stuff? And, and that's about building as much of a relationship as it, me sending them a piece of content too. You know, yeah. uh, we, we want to, to build that relationship and how you use any of these tentacles that you throw out to your audience is up to you. But really when it comes right down to it, you're trying to get them closer and you're trying to build a, a better relationship with them. People that are doing that will be more successful in those spaces. What did I tell you? And that's just a sampling. This panel was 40 minutes of that kind of, uh, of insight and information. And if you saw the clip up on Ontario.tv of Asif and I sitting down and doing an interview, there's also a whole bunch of other content that's going to be coming out. Unfortunately, it's not going to be free. But you know what? Putting on a conference costs a lot of stinking money. I wish somebody had told me that prior to doing it. What, do you, what were your last thoughts on that, Asif? Uh, that was a great panel by uh, fantastic moderation. Um, but uh, yeah, no. What I was going to say is, you, you know, uh, just just to pick up on on sort of John's comments there uh, from, from the clip, 
they um, you know they've been they've been very active in this and uh, you know during the panel he alluded to some work that uh, they were doing with the uh, MLS uh, Toronto FC uh, football club uh, and Foursquare and um, we actually uh, because you know MLS is uh, is a member of the LBMA we've been working with them and in about a couple of weeks from now um, just a bit of teaser here we're actually going to release a, a case study with them on you know what they what they did with Foursquare, uh, you know, sort of engage fans going to TFC games. Wicked. Uh, so yeah, so that'll be uh, something to look forward to in a few weeks, and I'll, I'll let you know when uh, when it's actually up. That's uh, awesome. I like that. Uh, you know, all of these guys coming together like this, and um, but that panel was was uh, was probably the, the one of the the best that in the education panel from Untethered Talks. I was very excited about uh, about putting those together. So if you're interested in about that, head to Untethered.tv this week. Uh, you should be able to gain access to little bits and pieces of that for free. And if you so choose, which I appreciate if you would, um, take a look at uh, at uh, buying the whole package. So that was it. Special guest, Asif Khan and, uh, and Rob Woodbridge in our own show hosted by Asif Khan and Rob Woodbridge. Well, all right, let's jump into our yeah. funding and M&A stuff. What isn't about us, all right? This is nothing to do with us because none of us are being bought and none of us are getting funded. So we, this is perfect for us. We can't talk about ourselves. Um, talk about this company. Hey, have you ever heard of this company? Oh, they used to have these little, like, like, first they had these little cassette things that they used to put into the VCRs. And then they had these, like, DVDs that you put into the DVD player. And they rented them for, like, five bucks a day. And there were new releases. And there was a guarantee that if it was out, you get a rain check. And, and people used to line up all day and all night. And there was late charges. And, and you had to get in your car and drive and drop stuff off. And there was, like, a, a mail slot. This company was called uh, Blockbuster. They're still around. The library. Oh, sorry. A library. Um, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Remember those guys? Yeah, no, they're, they're still here. They're called Blockbuster. Um, they bought a company. No longer in Canada. Still alive in the United States of America. Uh, I was just there uh, for the last couple of weeks. Did and they I have, saw, did they have uh, actual Blockbuster live and in person. Um, wow. Didn't go in, mind you. But, um, yeah, they're still around. Um, and see, uh, I guess see. they think mobile. Uh, That's like telling is, me that Ponderosa is still around. What's that? That's like telling me that Ponderosa is still around. I went to Ponderosa while I was Come there. Man. On. I had to do it. I had to do it. I hadn't seen a Ponderosa for like 30 years. Oh, my goodness. And, uh, Blockbuster was, was Ponderosa? Fun. What's that? Blockbuster and Ponderosa? I know. I know. I, I did it just for old time's sake. My, uh, my um, just to see what it was like. And uh, yeah, anyways. Um, so yeah. I took it so right off. Blockbuster, yeah. uh, you know, apparently they they're uh, you know they believe that mobile is uh, is important as well, um, so much so that they went out and bought a mobile payments uh, company called Alphabay. Uh, so this is a, a point of sale uh, loyalty platform. Um, don't know a lot about it. I'm not. I haven't uh, come across Alphabay before. But anyhow, so they've acquired these guys, and they're going to be using them to. Uh, sort of targeted messaging uh, in real time, um, you know, either on a receipt uh, when you're in store or, or via email through this platform that they've acquired. So, well, yeah, I don't even know what to say to that. I just threw up Alphabay's website. If you want any information, just go to alphabay.com. I'm just shocked that uh, that a Blockbuster is still around and b they have enough money to make acquisitions. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that to my attention. Blockbuster and Ponderosa. They should combine and like and and like stakes and movies. Oh dear! Oh boy, we're way off here. Story number two: 
Task Rabbit, everybody's favorite. I'm too lazy to pick up my dry cleaning service. Raised thirteen million dollars to make us even lazier. Right? Yeah. Uh, you know, th we've talked about this whole category uh, uh, numerous times. Zarlies, Task Rabbits. You know, there, there's a bunch of these companies. Um, this is one of the better funded ones. Um, so they uh, they're getting another thirteen million dollars. This is Series C led by uh, Shasta Ventures and Lightspeed Venture Partners. Um, and along with this, they're, they're also getting uh, a new board member. Uh, they're getting a former eBay uh, VP, uh, a guy named Rob Chen, uh, Chesney. Um, so this, this is a guy with some serious pedigree. Um, anyhow, you know, more fuel, fuel in the tank. Um, we'll see what they can do with it. This is, uh, I think, $38 million now in total. To date that they've raised you know i i joke at the beginning of this with TaskRabbit about being lazy and, and you know there's always that contention around is it making us lazy or is it just making us more efficient and and i believe that what these guys are doing TaskRabbit and the like what they will be doing they're going to revolutionize the way that people work and it's going to change the way that people work going forward the underemployed right. the unemployed uh, in north america are staggering numbers are high especially among youth and uh, I think that this is these these services are, are incredible. So don't take my slide at the beginning. But I just there was a, a great comment in um, in the in the comment section on uh, on Gigom talking about hey listen is America just getting lazier and uh, is this facilitating that like oh man I need somebody to pick up my Big Mac oh Task Rabbit it's worth it but you know what it's an evolution of a service if somebody's willing to pay me to do stuff I will do stuff for you. So TaskRabbit raises $13 million. Now, in the biggest news, I think, of the week, I don't know if this is confirmed or not, but we saved it for last. This company is called Square, raising $200 million on a $3.5 billion valuation. Wait, wait. And they were angry with that valuation at $3.5 billion. And in fact, there were people who were willing to invest at $4 billion, but they took this money instead. Three and a half billion dollars for a company that probably generates about zero to one hundred. I don't even know what they do. If, like if they're doing six billion dollars in transactions, they're taking two point seven five percent per transaction. And then what are they doing with that? They're turning that into about one hundred sixteen million dollars, and most of that is going to the credit card company. So this is a very small company when it comes to revenue, but with big plans and big dreams, they raised two hundred million at a yep. three point five no, million. No, for sure. I mean, this, we, we know this is a hot, hot space. Yeah. Everybody's trying to get into this space. Square is the, you know, the name that everybody uh, North American tries leader yeah. to uh, compare themselves to. So. You know, I get it from that perspective. It has big optics. Uh, you know, obviously investors like it because the potential is huge uh, in terms of market size. Um, so this is, yeah, I mean, New York Times is the one that's reporting this. Uh, it's, it's not, I don't think it's it's officially, officially confirmed yet, but not it seems yet. like it's there. Yeah. Uh, so it's $200 million, uh, at a $3.25 billion valuation. Um, they... Um, this is this brings to total. It says here that they've raised now three hundred and fifty million. Oh my god! Yeah, three hundred and fifty million uh, that they've raised so far. Uh, they're processing six billion in, in uh, annualized transactions. Uh, we don't know what the actual revenue is off of that uh, that that they actually get to keep. What doesn't go to the credit card companies? Um, but it's interesting because if they're doing six billion, the the comparison that that, that uh, gets brought up is PayPal, mm -hmm. and uh, PayPal is doing ten billion. 
Yes. Right. Yeah. So that's a significant number to be doing six billion in transactions uh, in the time that they've been around compared to PayPal at this point. Uh, and when you look specifically at the at the dongle based uh, device uh, market, so Square is a, is a is a dongle that you plug into your iPhone or iPad or or whatever device you have through the uh, headphone jack and then swipe a card through it. Uh, PayPal launched their own version of that called Here. Um, I guess about what six seven months ago now, Rob. Yeah, it's been about that long. Yeah, something like that. Um, and the traction on that has been a lot slower. Uh, than, than Square. So apparently uh, they've got uh, Square, Square that is somewhere around just under 2 million uh, merchants using the using their system versus 300,000 uh, using the PayPal one. So, but 300,000 uh, are using the PayPal one, but they're driving $10 billion in mobile transactions. But that's yeah. just PayPal as a company as well. That's including this piece. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. Well, you know, Square enables like they're talking about two uh, two million people, two million companies, obviously, but it enables so many people. Like the the basically unbanked, and when it comes to business and processing, credit card processing, and I and I love that. And they have this um, they have the Square Register, which is has fifty nine thousand something like that users. As I as I try to remember this frantically, looking for this, seventy five thousand yeah, vendors. Yeah, Square Register. Yeah. So there's 75,000 vendors that are using the Square Register, which I think is a is a you know the New York Times article says so very clearly that listen they have to get out of this whole transaction space because it's not a lucrative base. I mean it's a good base to start with, but they have to get into the value added services, which I think the, the, this does it. And I, they alluded to advertising and driving coupons, but I think that man they got to they got to elevate beyond that. But they certainly have a, a an install base, and what they're doing for the small and medium sized merchant is incredible. Um, but they are North American, they are U.S. based. And there is so much going on all around this. I keep pulling it up if I if I have it here. Oh, and of course I do, which is the Moneris one paid. No, I know, and we talk about it all the time. Yeah. yeah, and I think you know if they're going to do something with this two hundred million bucks, it better be to move into some other markets. Yeah. Because uh, there's a lot of other players in other markets, and and they're losing that sort of first mover advantage. I think that uh, they could have. Uh, I mean, I, I'm all ready to use the thing up here in Canada, and and we can't obviously. So yeah, I'd love uh, to take credit cards. You know, I've used it numerous times when in the U.S. Yep. as a customer. Um, you know, with merchants in from I've done it in a taxi cab. I've done it in a few places. So it's uh, I like it. I think it's it, it's it's great. The real question though that I would ask, and anybody out there, please chime in if you if you can. Is that the New York Times brings up a really good point here when they talk about the fact that listen, there is no pain to switch. So you can go from Square to PayPal to Paid if you want to by Monero yep. up here in Canada, without without a second thought. I mean, you, they're sending the the equipment. There's no financial commitment to the equipment. All you're doing is paying 2.75 percent per swipe, and and uh, and that number is not going to go up. It's just going to steadily go down as competition increases and until a monopoly comes in and owns it, and then and then they can dictate it. But until that happens, you know that margin is going to be eroded very quickly. Competition is in is fierce with Google and the credit card companies getting into this and and everybody getting into this. So the the, the um, you you're really basically doing this on price. So how do you keep people there? How do you it's, you got to create a barrier to switching and and that's where you, I think this register the the uh, Square Register plays into it. But they need more than seventy five thousand customers in there to be able to do yeah. that. So I, I'd love to hear anybody out there who who has a theory on how these guys are going to do it. 
Uh, I like Square, I like the service, and I love the fact that they've opened it up. And I really like that they they paved the way for other companies to innovate. But uh, you know, I fear for the leaders. The first in always, uh, you know, gets a lot of money. Like Ballard Fuel sells billion dollars, and then uh, there's nothing left at the end of it because uh, they they uh, you know they were first mover, and everybody else took advantage of that. So. But they raised two hundred million dollars at a three and a half billion dollar valuation, and my by my estimate, these guys their revenue fifteen million dollars a year. So I ask you, is that fifteen million dollars a year in revenue worth a three and a half billion dollar valuation? Just because they're doing six billion in transactions doesn't make it a valuable company, right? right. I do a lot of transactions, and I'm not a valuable guy, right? So um, what's in? It's just a matter of how much stays in. So do the math on that. 2.75% of 60 of $6 billion. And then most of that goes to the credit card companies for their fees, their transaction fees as well. So do, are they making more than 15 or $16 million a year? I I, I don't know. Anyways, very well, valuable service. Square, 200 million. Those are the three funding M&A activity stories that we've got here. If yours is not in there, it's your fault. Reach out on tether at gmail.com or receive at the LBMA. Let us know. We'll take any size funding. We want to hear from the small companies, please. Please, 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 please. Those are the three stories. Blockbuster acquiring AlphaBay, TaskRabbit raising $13 million, and Square $200 million. Huge. One last impediment between you and your bed, Asif Khan. Our resource of the week. Turns yes. out that we do want to track our spouses. Apparently. Apparently. Um, yeah. I mean, it, you know, we've talked about a bunch of these sort of family tracking services, you know, in the past. Um, and uh, and this is the first sort of data that I've seen on this. Um, so this comes from a group called GFI Software um, out of Florida. And they're basically, they surveyed a thousand uh, people in the U.S. And they say that 12% of, of folks say they would use location tracking to monitor their spouse's whereabouts. 31% uh, say they would track their, where their team goes on a Friday night. And more than half, almost 60%, say they would use such a service to make sure their children were safe or in the location that they're supposed to be. So all of this, I think, makes sense. I think this is all, you know, just human nature being human nature um, and, and, you know, leveraging the technology that's available today. And I, th I think this makes sense. I think if I have... You know, teenagers. Um, you know, I certainly uh, would do this. I have lots of friends uh, that I've talked to um, who do have teenagers and, and and leverage this exact technology in this way. So, you know, I don't have a hard time believing the data on, on this one. I I just I'd like to ask the question, a follow-up question. It's like, how many of those twelve percent or those thirty-one percent would actually tell them that they're tracking them? That's the yeah. difference here, right? I, I think that yeah. That, I, I would love to track question. them. I would love to track them, but but uh, will I tell them? Hmm, that's a different story, right? That's a different story. So uh, yeah, I like that. Twelve percent is not a lot. So you know, I have faith in uh, in humanity when I hear if that was like eighty percent, I I would be uh, I would be worried. Yeah. And uh, if you are one of those twelve percent, I, th I think as far as children and the, especially the yeah. teen piece, I totally get it. Yeah. Like I said, I have lots of friends who actually do this. Yeah. You know, the 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 deal with their kids is is like you know to their teens, does you want a phone? And you want me to pay for it, or whatever uh, the case might be, as a parent? Sure, here it is. But the rule is this feature must be turned on, yeah. and so I know where you are all the time. You know, it, it's and, it's. I, I agree with that, but it's funny because um, for the most part, you you can track your teens, you can track anybody, 
without actually having a tracker or GPS installed. Right? Yeah. You know, we are living in this kind of open social graph where where everything that anybody does is uh, either pushed through with a location stamp on Twitter, on Facebook, uh, you know, on Instagram. It's pretty yeah. crazy. I mean, you you can you can really um, there's no such thing as privacy, and you don't need you don't need a GPS to uh, app to be able to to really track somebody. No, you don't. I mean, but but it's it's a lot easier if you do. <laughs> it is. Put it that way. You don't have to do any sleuthing. You don't have to you know put yeah. a, you don't have to do any investigating. Well, I think this is great. So this is, uh, you can find this at darkreading.com. I would just do a search for uh, GFI and um, what would we say, tracking or tracking spouses, GFI tracking spouses. And it's from uh, darkreading.com. Of course, Dark Reading, great name. I love that domain name, darkreading.com. And of course, there will be a link on untether.tv uh, when you have this story. And that's it. That's our resource. Before we go, um, I just want to draw your attention to a few things, you, the fine watcher, listener, viewer, um, follower, uh, the folks that we appreciate. Two things. One of them is hit up, please, 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 please go and hit up our sponsor. We really appreciate the fact that these guys sponsor us. So go to adcentricity.com. Please just do it. Just do it right now. As I said last time, we will wait as you go www.adcentricity.com. We really appreciate them being on board here as a sponsor. And uh, we love them for it. So please give them some love as well. Second thing is subscribe. iTunes. iTunes. Please, 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 please. We've got this great feed at iTunes. These shows show up a little bit earlier on iTunes than they do on any of the websites. Uh, and so just please go to iTunes and uh, in iTunes, look for This Week in Location-Based Marketing. And while you're there, give us a five-star rating because we really appreciate you guys doing that for us. We uh, And if it's not going to be a five-star, reach out and tell us why before you give us a one-star and start complaining about stuff because we can fix things. We can. We have the power to do that. And I said two things, but I'm going to say a third thing. New feature on Untether.tv. If you go to the podcast and uh, starting last week, episode number 87 you can actually click through to the stories you don't have to listen to the whole thing if you want to go back for a reference point you can actually go back and click on uh, on uh, story and get to that story right in the video or the audio just go to untether.tv we're going to try to figure out how to get that hooked up at the lbma.com but until we do um you can do that at untether.tv just thought that those are three important announcements asif don't you yeah no i think that's great i think uh you know nice little uh you know, e makes it easier for people to jump to the content that they want to get to, and uh, and it's great. So that's it for me. Just want to thank our sponsor again. Uh, really appreciate uh, Adcentricity uh, getting behind this and uh, making it happen. Um, so thanks to them. Um, and that's it. For, that's all I got. I'm well, good. that's it for episode number 88. Go Canada at the Olympics. Go whatever country you are listening to from at the Olympics. Uh, it's the greatest time. I love these. These are the best days just to sit on the couch and watch what's going on. And uh, it, you become a, a, a ridiculous sport fan. Like tandem or we won our, our bronze medal in, in synchronized diving. And it's the only day of the year that I will watch synchronized diving. I'm, with I'm absolute with pride. Yeah. So uh, I got to get back to the gymnastics. Men's, uh, men's mixed is on right now. So until next week. Well, we will bring you episode number 89 of This Week in Location-Based Marketing. Thank you all for watching. We really appreciate it. We'll see you next week. All right. Cheers.